Welcome to Meaningful Minutes, a podcast provided by Beautiful Outcome, where we are passionate about the adventure of creating lives of meaning. I'm your host, Julia Woods, and today you are listening to an interview with Stephanie Smith Skipper, a recent contestant on the TV series, The Voice. Listen as she shares her journey of developing a life lived from the inside out. I am super excited that Stephanie Smith Skipper is joining us today. Uh, Steph and I met four years ago, three years ago. It seems like it's been a lifetime. I I met you when you were performing. You were at, you're a amazing artist, musician, songwriter, and uh, you have a voice like an angel. And so I heard you for the first time while you were performing, I met you as you were performing and was blown away by your beauty, your voice, your spirit, and the songs that you wrote just were really, the words were powerful. And so you were someone who on the outside, I thought she must have the most easy, perfect, amazing life. And (laughs) I'm sure she never yells at her husband. I'm sure she never gets stressed out or annoyed. And, um, you and I hit it off pretty quickly. I felt very bonded to you, one, because of who you, who you were and how what you did connected with me, but also I felt connected to you through our father wounds. We both had a father wound and um, began to discuss that, and I just felt a kindred spirit right away. Mm-hmm. So that was the outside. Can you give us a little glimpse of what was really going on for you on the inside? Uh, not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Because my inside, in just saying with like a first impression of meeting you, is I was like, this woman has something figured out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like a little intimidated, but also curious. Like I want to get closer. I want to. I want to know her. I want to know more about her story. You and your husband Jeff were so transparent about some of your story and um, even just your growing up so I knew about your father wound as well and I just I had a very similar um interpretation of you too (laughs) this this here's this beautiful woman she's strong she's like just there was this strength about you so in a beautiful way like that's still true I know that to be true but also like oh you anyway so pursuing a dream in the music industry and um, had been signed to the label of my childhood dreams and thought it was going to play out a lot differently than it did. So you sort of met me on the uh, the early, fresh wounding of that ending. Um, and I was just kind of carrying around a name tag as a failure um, and not wanting to believe that was true. I think I was looking for other people to make my husband being one in particular, uh, to tell me differently, which is so much pressure to uh, ask another person to answer that sole question for you. Um, but so I, you know, I kind of view three years ago version of myself and I just see some of the impairments that I could, I didn't see then. Um, all I saw was I was lonely. I was hurt. I didn't know how to dream or, or cast any sort of a vision for the future. I just felt disappointed by my life. I was 
desperately afraid that I was forgettable, unimportant, um, and I would pretty quickly build a case with information that came to me um, to, to support that argument. Yeah. Therefore, it kind of kept repeating itself because I was looking for it. <laughs> but no, nobody saw that because I was writing <laughs> cute love songs with my husband, and I, I knew enough to kind of make an argument that we would kind of find some resolve to a cute song that people could relate to. And on stage, it's glitzy and shiny and cute, and we had the intro down, and everyone could laugh about it. Um, but the craziness was, you know, behind closed doors, I was like, why are we repeating this cycle? And my, my heart was tired because I didn't see a way out. It just felt like a spiral. And mm -hmm. this dance that I didn't want to participate in, but I didn't need, know any other moves. So Yes. So... Your husband and my husband hit it off, Jeff and Tim hit it off, and you and I hit it off. And so months later, our paths crossed again, and we connected it co over coffee. <laughs> and we had this, it was a friendship that we could go deep with each other pretty quickly. And that conversation went deep. And in the midst of that conversation, my heart just said, Steph wants to grow, Steph wants to go deeper. And like me, she doesn't, where I had come from, she didn't, I didn't, I got that you didn't have the tools, mm -hmm. that you were hungry, you wanted depth, you wanted intimacy, but there was something blocking it. Mm -hmm. And so I just came to you and I said, Steph, this may sound awkward, but I'd love to talk to you about coaching. Mm -hmm. And you were pretty excited to get started. And so tell us a little bit about the journey you've been on in that, you know, the inside, all that you just explained to us is so powerful, so vulnerable. And so what has been your journey to address and embrace that and begin to create something new, what you actually wanted and you didn't want to be lonely, you didn't want to be afraid of not being seen and how, what has been your journey to just reinvent that? Well, you, you hit it on the head. It was scary and kind of awkward for me. I thought, what is this coaching? It felt abstract, you know? Um, coaching what do you what do you mean you know <laughs> and talking about vision and but I, I trusted you and there was that off that strength that I saw in you so there was something in me that just said try why and even I think that's one of the first places we started I needed to look at some of the things that had me stuck and one of that was this dualistic mindset of I just don't want to get it wrong it's mm -hmm. either right or it's wrong so you would ask me just an intro question, what's something you want to work on? And immediately I'd, I'd get a little stuck. I'd go, well, what? I don't want to say the wrong thing. What? I need to work on the right thing. Maybe, does she see something I don't see? And I would just spiral out. And, and this was part of the cycle that I was engaging in that kind of had me repeating things I didn't want to repeat. The other thing is I, I thought, okay, yeah, um, my marriage being one of the main focuses of my, if, if I could fix this, then I'll just be happy. Kind of, if I could fix him, then I'll just be happy. So I even think um, there maybe was a motive where I was like, okay, yeah, fine. I'll start working on this and maybe he'll come along and, and he can get to work on himself. You know, there was, you never know why you start out on a journey, um, but just thank goodness I did start out on it. And the more I started to look inward, I, I started to realize that um, I had a bit of a victim mentality that I thought this happened to me I was it was just um, 
this unfortunate look at how people fail me and what am I supposed to do? And um, just through the weeks of you asking me hard and good questions, me starting to take a honest and curious look inward, I started to realize that um, we don't have control over other people. We can't control or manage anybody. But we always, there's always more options than maybe we see uh, initially. That we do have options available to us. They might not be the preferred option, but nobody is holding a gun to your head and saying you, you know, once the, uh, maybe the event that was disappointing or hurtful, somebody does something and yes, have your feelings about that. But once it's over, it's over. And now you can make a choice for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, that was revolutionary for me. <laughs> but, you know, it, and for, from everything to like a personal goal for me was I've been carrying a, some extra weight that I just wanted to shed. Um, and every time I wanted more than I needed, I thought, you have a choice. You don't have, nobody's holding a gun to your head saying, indulge your sweet tooth. But you have a choice. There's always um, more, like I said, more options. I just think oftentimes we're making the best choice we see available. And I needed help seeing other. You know, I was making mm -hmm. the best choice I saw available, but I didn't see that there were maybe other choices. Mm -hmm. Well, we make the best choice we see available to us according to how life occurs to us. Mm -hmm. And so as you begin, my experience, as you begin to deal with some of those deep inner longings, those deep inner questions of, am I lovely? Am I worthy? Am I valuable? All of a sudden, new choices can emerge because it's not coming out of that same belief that I have no value and worth. Once you began to see you had value and worth, all of a sudden that started to show up in the simplest choices of eating and conversations and and your debt and what your house looked like and all these things began to reinvent themselves simply because you began to reinvent the relationship with yourself I think that's once again Julia Woods <laughs> but it starts with this core belief mm -hmm. and belief is something that nobody can do for you mm -hmm. I was looking for my father or my husband or my childhood idol to answer a question for me, about me. Am I important? Uh, am I worth you showing up this way for me? You know, and I, that was the case, the jury, you know. I, and if somebody failed me because they're human or if they, I don't know, um, didn't perform the way that I needed them to to answer this soul question, uh, then I thought, oh my gosh, it's not, it's true. I'm unlovable. I'm unimportant. Um, but I can't give that power away to anybody. That's between me and my creator. You know, <laughs> some greater, beautiful, benevolent being said, I'm throwing a party on earth and it wouldn't be the same without you. <laughs> there is a great design to me living in 2017, you know, as a 33 year old woman. There's a design to that, it didn't happen by accident. So if I start there, if I go, something bigger than me wanted me here, I believe that it loves me, that it has vision for my life, and it, there's this unfolding that's happening, and I'm constantly being invited to participate in it. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
That's a great place to start. Now, if my husband tomorrow said, because he has this free will of his own, and he says, you know what? I don't love you anymore. I'm out. I would be very sad. But in the past, an old version of me would have thought, oh no, I'm unlovable. Yes. There's a new step in me that would say, that sucks. I, mm -hmm. I wish you would choose this. I still want this. But I, that doesn't give or take away from my loveliness, my lovability, my worth, my value. It just means you made a choice. Yeah. And that is such a different way to live your life. Holy cow. To be able to receive a no with gratitude, I mean, and pain and whatever, but we all want the yes, right? We pray mm -hmm. for something. We, we ask God or others for something, and we want it to be a yes. But yes without space for a no is just obligation. And so I want, I learned that it's had to start with believing that I was lovable, that there was space in this big, greater story for me. Was it enough that there was someone that maybe knew? I mean, I didn't. I just had to take it one day at a time. And uh, the beauty of one day at a time is there's, within a day, there's so many moments to choose. So if I showed up with like an impaired or disease bullied one hour, I could reevaluate and say, you know what? The next hour, I'm going to choose differently. Yes. After a couple minutes of choosing differently, it becomes easier to have an hour of showing up in this kind of new mindset. And then a couple days. And before you know it, you're a couple, a couple days, a couple weeks in. And, and I started to see transformation in my relationships. I started to, to finish the thought of the, the yes and no. I started to be able to make a request. And not cower at the thought of a no, because it doesn't mean I'm a no. It just means that opportunity is on pause or look elsewhere, explore other things. Uh, it actually narrows it down a little bit. Turn your attention over in this direction. It doesn't have to be a personal, I'm looking for that soul question to be answered. Do I matter? Do I belong? Yes. A no comes in and I'm devastated. A no can come in now and I can go, okay, that makes me have to reevaluate. <laughs> All right. That's not the direction I'm supposed to pursue right now. But I trust yes. that there are new resources, new opportunities, new things around the corner I can't see yet. Maybe tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. I'm telling you, this, you, I wake up different. I go to bed different. I, yeah. Who knew that this kind of freedom was available? And yeah. just the small, one day at a time uh, ways I'm seeing my life change. Yeah. Well, and as we come into this conversation and we talk about the core of what's changing, because as I walked into your home uh, today, two years after I first came here, when we first had this conversation, your home looks different. As a person, you look different. Uh, I don't know how much weight you've lost, but it's significantly evident on the outside to see that. Even just to have a conversation with you, there's just a level of peace and confidence that is so different than it was two years ago. And, you know, so I really want to stay on that core of just what was it that brought, that reinvented the relationship? Because all these external things we can see, something actually changed in the core of you. And my experiences walking through the coaching process with you and walking in friendship continued is that your question changed. And what, what was, am I? 
change to a vision of who am I going to be? How am I going to show up in this situation that allows me to be who I want to be? Rather than going to everything around you and asking them, will you help me understand who I am? Because I don't know. You began to decide this is who I want to be and what it would look like to show up that way. Can you talk a little bit about that journey and what that was like for you? That's really well said. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't no hobby for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I do love what I do. (laughs) Um, And it it just speaks to a new level for me because that that is exactly um, what my experience has been. And it's fun to see the outward. Um, We can point to my kitchen and I'm in the best shape of my life and um, there is a piece about me, but it did, it started with, I had to first not be afraid to look at, I think, some of the pain that I was just carrying with me, um, and to ask it, will you, you could teach me, what am I avoiding here, um, that's continuing this cycle of the way I show up in my own life and my relationships? And that question, it, I think there was some shame, there was some embarrassment, because I wanted to be perceived as how you saw me, the first, you know, mm-hmm. first impression, as strong and independent, and uh, I've got this, like, talent, and I'm on my way, and, but it wasn't congruent with the chaos and the loneliness that I was living in, and so um, those two things didn't line up, and the first step for me was just looking at what's the truth about what's going on inside and uh, it's scary Um, it's scary to be honest with yourself that oh my goodness I'm a chameleon I walk into the room and I read the room and say who do I need to be here in order to fit in Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying here's who I am I either this works for me or it doesn't (laughs) yes yes Um, it's so different and it's exhausting to show up in relationships in business and um, it's hard to create a vision if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want, you're just flying by the seat of your pants and changing with every dynamic or social setting. So that was a that was a huge revelation for me to realize that maybe the outcome that seemed like um, it was repeating itself, particularly with men in my story, Yes. Um, it was really hard for me to own that I played a part in that. I wanted to be the victim. I wanted to say, well, I'm just the common denominator here. These men suck and they all fail me and look it. And um, I think just through a series of questions that you helped me, like an aroma was one of the language, mm-hmm. uh, the words you used. And maybe yes. I almost gave off an aroma. And in some ways, you know, I likened it to this um, businessman who was providing an opportunity for me and I had just without realizing it, I think I gave off this aroma that said, will you be my buddy? Mm-hmm. Will you tell me that I'm worth it? And um, that wasn't, like, in business, that is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more, I'm asking for more than what's being offered to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like a, a stench. And, of course, somebody might run away. <laughs> you know? They yes. Might go, Ooh, there's more here. I can't. It's like you can't see an aroma. You yes. You just experience it. Yes. And so I was showing up um, in all kinds, in my marriage and all, all kinds of ways, just going with this aroma, please answer for me. 
and uh, and that's when I was participating in it. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop being the victim and saying, this happened to me, this happened to me. I had to go, what? How am I contributing to this if I want to change? And I did. Yeah. I wanted it enough that I was finally ready to go, okay, what What am I not seeing here? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it started in the simplest ways, like when we went through the coaching together, like you were like, well, I just don't like my house. I don't like the way it looks. I don't know how to, you know, our finances, it's just not working for me the way we're doing it. And it was, you know, I just feel out of control in how I eat. I mean, it was just showing up in all these different areas. And we just took one at a time. And I remember even through the coaching process, you're like, we sat down and we talked about money. And I was so excited because you showed up different in the conversation. And it started to go its same old normal way where it was just like, okay, whatever he wants, it's not going to work. And then you showed up and you were like, no, this is what I want. And this is what I need. And how can we find a way to bring this about and then you started saving money and then there was money to remodel and it was just like dominoes began to fall as you began to own your voice Mm -hmm. and choose to be who you wanted to be yeah and a huge part of that i think i was so afraid one of the first things i said to you when we started is what if we swim around in this head and heart of mine and we don't find anything Mm -hmm. i was so worried what if there's nothing in there Yes, I remember Um, that. What if I just can't find it? It's so elusive. I I mean, I really was that lost as far as what do I want? Who am I? Um, What do I need? What a hard question. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, on the big sense, I was like, well, I need food, water, and shelter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But to find my voice, and it was a little bit elusive, and it was hard, and I'm still finding it. Absolutely. But I am not scared of um, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. I used to feel paralyzed by the possibilities. I yes. used to feel like crushed under the weight of, oh, I could do anything. Ugh. You know? <laughs> so where do I start? <laughs> and now I feel so, I feel like I could do anything. Yes. So what do I want to start on today? Yeah. Um, and just trusting a process. Yeah. That um, just extending a grace to myself. You you often said, I want you to speak a little differently to yourself. Why do you feel like you should know something? Have you ever been married before? Have mm-hmm. you ever been in this place in this time as a however old year old you know you are? No, I haven't. So there's this beauty to oh I just I I'm learning as I go and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It belongs as well. Um. And to not just immediately go to, I should have known, or I, you know. Um, yes. Somehow there's space for it all, mm-hmm. and it finds its way, and um, just remaining open to it. Yes. You came into a beautiful grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. You really began to let go of the shame, and you began to accept grace. And if you think about it, reinventing ourselves, there's never been an invention that is, once it was invented, it is what it is. A re, uh, re, as we reinvent ourselves, it's a lifelong journey. You know, the light bulb was invented. But look at how far the light bulb has come from when it was first invented. You know, a f- telephone was created and now it fits in our pocket and goes everywhere with us. Like an invention is constantly being reinvented for the time and day and space of what's needed and wanted. And your life is going to continue and evolve. You're going to continue to be married longer. You're going to have children. Your career is going to change. 
And as long as we embrace the fact that we get to invent who we are and who we want to be, that relationship of reinvention never stops. I think that the grace extended then to remove the shame because the perfectionistic, the dualistic right and wrong. It's mm -hmm. right and I have arrived at a whole person. Yes. And so then any change or reinventing was a threat. Yes. It triggered me shame. It triggered this, well, if it... It needs improvement then it was wrong yes and grace came in and said why could you know what you were you know how could you know what you know today yesterday yes you haven't lived today yet you yes. know and there's this beauty where fear i'm not afraid of um the, the constant reforming um because it cut it, got, it circles back to where i feel like the foundation is i believe that i belong in that's not up for a vote anymore. Um, and so I can face change. I can own when I'm wrong. I can make amends. Um, it doesn't mean that I am wrong. It means, oh, I now see that that was probably not a wise choice. I need to ask for forgiveness or I need to. It, it doesn't shake my core like it used to, um, where I think I used to manage perceptions to go, I could, I could never own that I offended you when I said that, because that means I am an offensive person. No, how, how would I have known unless you spoke up that that offended you? I'm so sorry, that wasn't my intention, yes. but I can see that's the impact it had, so will you forgive me? Yes. It's not about me anymore, and <laughs> yeah. like, I can own that, okay, I did say that, and wow, now, thank you for that, I see I probably shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But it doesn't shake me. Like I said, because I belong and matter, that is, nothing can give or take away from that. That is, that, yes. that is an established truth that I can wake up in the morning believing. Not in an arrogant sense, but again, that the analogy of there's like a higher power throwing a party and he said it wouldn't be the same without me. He wants me here. All right. Now what? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, one of the big barometers in my life um, has been the morning. And that first thought in the morning as you wake up, and I know um, before the, when the relationship with myself was very unhealthy, it was very toxic, um, I woke up in the mornings very sad, very dreading the day, and uh, just found myself wanting before a minute of my day had ever begun. And my mornings look very different. And so now, as uh, I continue to reinvent my relationship with myself, but as we finish up, I just want to touch in, in on that. There was, um, what was, what were your mornings like, those first thoughts in the morning, compared to what are they like now when you wake up and face That's another day? That's a great question, because mornings are, I'm always a little cued into some sort of barometer that before the noise of the day and... Um, it was not uncommon for me to wake up with sadness and anxiety um, in sort of an older version of myself. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit of a dread for the day, um, a heaviness, that loneliness. It was almost like an ambient, just home. I was lonely. Mm -hmm. And um, I love mornings. I, I really always kind of have. Um, I used to have to work really hard to climb out of that hole. And I mm -hmm. would do it with journaling or, you know, there was... There were some spiritual practices that I could find my way to, like, okay. <laughs> um, but now I, I wake up, um, I have a morning routine with my puppy, I walk, and I, um, again, one of the things you said is um, when a big transformation started with you, God, um, 
what is it? Whatever you're willing to show me, I'm willing to look. Mm-hmm. If you'll show me, I'm willing to look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sort of have just adapted that. Like, what, what do you have for me today? Like, do you, is it enough that um, you know what today holds? And I don't. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, one step at a time, uh, participate in the unfolding of this thing. Yeah. Um, trusting that I've always had what I need when I need it. Um, I might not know what that is right now, but in the moment, I will. Yes. Um, like today, that I don't, I don't have the heaviness, the anxiety, the fear, the the loneliness. Um, you know, because when this transformation began for me, um, I, I think again, this is a Julia quote, but I started to do a different dance, mm-hmm. and it was clumsy because you know when another person is involved, like my husband, we're stepping on each other's toes. <laughs> but ultimately, what it does is it invites. The other person, you can learn a new dance too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to manage it or control it. That's up to you if you want to learn it. But um, so as I started this transformation, um, I'm not as lonely in my relationships by any means. I mean, everybody has loneliness here and there, but it's a it's a, a beautiful personal transformation that has found its way into um, relationship transformation as well. Yeah, the adventure that we get to live every day. Oh. Is beautiful as we reinvent ourselves and and look at what each day, how each day will impact uh, our reinvention, you know. And when you have that going on in your marriage and all of your other relationships, it's it's beautiful, it's fun, it's exciting. And ultimately, that's what this is about: is living our lives fully alive. That's what we're created for, and it's what life is meant to be, and it's exciting. And so. I am so grateful for this conversation with you. I'm so grateful for our friendship and the honor you gave me of walking with you through that semester of coaching. And I'm I'm so grateful for the fact that it's making a difference in your life. And, and so it really is. I feel forever indebted to you <laughs> because there were voices in my head, and um, <laughs> there were you were so great about inviting me into self-revelation as opposed to. Um, I see something you don't see, you know, and trying to almost like a sermon preach Mm -hmm. at me. There was Mm -hmm. nothing. There was constant inviting, constant curiosity. And I think that's when real change occurs, when we have a self-awareness, not somebody else seeing something or telling, you know, I tried to do that with my husband for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) something you don't see. Maybe if you just did this. It just doesn't work. Yes. And so I, I still hear your kind but strong wise voice um just things that i still carry with me and i am so deeply grateful so well thank you for sharing your experience with us today and for living your life alive and reinventing what life and love looks like for you and living with courage so i love you dearly and look forward to many more conversations with you